shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit show. Welcome back to another episode of Shit Show Saturday. And today we are joined by Shit Show Corey coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Shit Show Corey. Hey, everybody. Andrea, thanks for having me. How are you doing today? Good. Good. You know, we actually have Shit Show COVID Corey. Yeah, I was, I wanted, I don't know if I'm the first guest with COVID, but I was infected with COVID at a concert, I believe, one of the concerts I went to last week, and so recovering. You're the first one that's admitted to it, at least. Okay, all right, I will admit to it, since I'm by myself, isolated in my home. (laughs) I'm going to send you a badge. Okay, A trophy, a trophy. Cool. Cool. (laughs) So, what song do you want when you, when you walk into a room? Ah, Love Song by Lana Del Rey. favorite carbohydrate i don't know I, I i you know i listen to that you're like i i'm an adult child i can't make a decision right so anxious attacher here i mean avoidant attacher here guys avoidant clearly clearly yeah, let me absolutely. guess favorite condiment mustard nope nope what? my favorite condiment is mayonnaise okay actually it's that stuff they sell in utah that's a mix of mayonnaise and ketchup okay okay uh, and then how, but how do you feel about condiments in general? Are you kind of like a, a, a purist, like maybe one condiment? For myself? I mean, it's yeah. depending what I eat it on. No, I mean, I put mustard and ketchup on my hamburgers, but I mean, I'm from Chicago, so only mustard on hot dogs, right? That's, That's like yeah. the whole thing, you know? No, okay, I'm, so you're kind of not going along with like the, 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 the theory that, you know, avoidance. So don't really like condiments that much. So you're kind of like an outlier. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. No. And what about cheese? Favorite cheese? Once again, I mean, it, that's a hard question because there's different types of cheese for different situations. But if you had to pin me down, there's a Brazilian cheese called Heiki Jiao that I like a lot. Mm. What is it? A hard cheese, a soft no, cheese? It's a soft cheese. It's like a mix of like, it's like a creamier cream cheese is what it is. Mm. Well, and yeah. how you be eating that shit? Like on a piece of bread, just by itself? Piece of bread, bit of, on a piece of bread with some salt on top of it. Yep. Fuck what yeah. Pizza. It's it's delicious. Yeah. Have you been dating much at all in the past few years? <laughs> well, that's sort of why I'm here. I went through a divorce and okay. fell in love with somebody. And that's how I got somebody else. And that's how I got into this whole mess of finding out I'm an adult child. Okay. Well, let's get there. So how the hell did you find out that you were an adult child, Corey? Um, so I, oh man, um, I, Separated from my wife and ex-wife. I keep that Freudian slip, right? I keep doing it. How long were y'all married? Eight years. We're together for 11. Okay. Um, And I want to start by saying, like, I didn't think about any of this stuff that I'm going to talk about because I never really self-analyzed. I mean, I think a lot, but I never thought about, like, codependency or any of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So um, now I realize I'm super codependent. And as an adult child, there was a lot of issues with my dad that I never really addressed. And so um, I knew my, my marriage was over for, for a while. Right. Um, and, um, and then when we finally separated, we wasn't, we didn't like formally get divorced right away. I couldn't like stop being in communication with her. We had properties we owned. And so it was just very, you know, health insurance and all these other things. And then my codependency, which I didn't understand at all. Right. Like I just thought it was going to be easy to move on. And so I met another woman and it fell in love with her. And it was like, how long separate into separation are we talking? A few months, a couple months, okay. you know, 
And did you meet her on an app? I did. Yep. I did. The Facebook dating app. Yep. Yep. And how was the first date? It was pleasant. It was nice. Were there any red flags on the first date? Looking back. No, because I was the red flag. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm the red flag. She's not the red flag. She was not the red flag at all. I'm the red flag. I I didn't realize it because I thought mentally I knew I was done, but I was done with, I knew inside everything inside of me, I was done with my ex, right. As a, as a relationship, as a sexual marriage relationship, you know? And so it was awesome. And we took it slow and we got to know each other and I'm not like codependent in the sense of like, I cling on to someone right away. That's just not me, but it's hard. The separation part is very difficult. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it just was like magic. We just like clicked on every level, like mentally and spiritually. And it's just just amazing. And it was going very well. And then my ex was like, I want to get back together. And I was just like, I don't, my, everything was just like, this isn't right. I don't want to do this. Did you want to get back together at any point? Like when you guys separated, was it, was it your decision? Mutual. And we are so dysfunctional. It was a very unclear. It was basically, yeah. yes, it was like, it was more my decision when me the driver, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, I mean, there was a lot of unclearness in terms of like not being able to have frank discussions per se, you know what I mean? And be as open as we needed to be about it. But like, I was like, yeah, this is over. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I couldn't say I don't love you anymore because I, have problems, right? This is why I'm here. Right. Um, and I, she has a lot of trauma history. She has a lot of, she doesn't have people in her life, you know? So, so anyway, so, um, she wanted to get back together. So it was, it was like the holiday season. She's like, she was, she is really close to my father. Um, and I didn't understand these issues that I had with my dad. And so like, it was just, I, 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 I just, my brain was just like shut down. I couldn't under, I couldn't like say no. I couldn't like this, like think about her being alone during the holidays. So like, I was like, okay, like let's get through the holidays. And then I got the courage to go to her house, to her, her apartment and, and tell her that this needed to end. Right. Um, and I was talking to this, to, to the other woman about this. I was being open with her because I was like, I love this woman and I want to be with her and I need to be open as much as I can, but I know what the fuck was going on in my head. You know, I didn't understand what was going on. How can you explain, you know? And so I realized now that I had like a total flashback when I went to go talk to my ex and like, I was like, I don't want to do this. And she just started screaming at me and calling me names. And just like, I just broke, I broke down mentally. Right. I just didn't understand what was going on. And then I just got in this loop of like, oh, I need to give her a chance. And I don't, but my heart and my, everything was just like, what are you doing? Right. And like, my there was I didn't realize like I didn't want to disappoint my father you know and like finally when I told my dad I met somebody else he like shamed me right away you know like oh that was quick you know and it was just like mind you like I said I never I built this story that I didn't care about what my dad thought about anything and like I physically this physical like reaction of being scared to tell him being like internalizing my ex-wife's pain and suffering. Like I was, I I can't really describe. And I I relapsed and I drank a few times. Like it was just, I didn't know what was going on with my brain. When was this? 2021? 2020? 2020 to 2021. So Okay. So this is the holiday season of when? 2020? Okay. And then the, you know, new year to 2021. And then finally she was just like, I can't do this, you know, with you. The new gal. 
yes okay. right and and it, i was just like I'm, i need to break things off better with my ex blah 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 i just i was just in a like a loop in my brain that i'm learning more about right and uh this codependent crap and so um so then that day when i was just like i'm fucked up something is wrong with me like this is no joke anymore like this is for real man like i just nothing wants to be with my ex but yet I just did all the, I don't know what the hell I just did. And I was just like, I got to figure something out. I got to, I got, I got to finally address these issues that I've sort of felt internally all my life. But like, mm-hmm. I just never, I just medicated myself. Right. And so I just was like, I got to do something. So I started looking for therapists. I was like, I got to go find somebody to talk to or do something. So, you know, I talking to therapists and none of them was all just sucked, you know? And then I, I, I signed this guy on psychology today and I was like, I think he can help me some for something is telling me inside. Right. And I called him, we got on the phone. He's like, I can't help you, buddy. And I was like, and I like, I convinced him to see me. Right. I like coerced him into seeing me. I begged him. Basically. <laughs> and so, you know, like, so at the second session, he base, he's like, you are too screwed up. I, you're never going to get, be able to f- fix yourself unless you go to therapy for like every day for the rest of your life. You are so sealed up. You are an adult child. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you are an adult child. You know what an adult child is? And I'm like, no. And he's like, and he was sort of almost mocking me in a way I felt right. And so uh, I didn't understand what he said, what he meant. He's like, go look into the adult child of alcoholics and dysfunctional family program. Right. But I can't help you. You you know, and you're probably never going to be able to help yourself. Fuck that guy. Yeah. You know what? I, I, I think the way he came across was, but you know what? I wouldn't be here. And he, he say, you know what I mean? I wouldn't, all these other people, then none of them knew about the adult child program. I don't think the way that he necessarily went about it was necessarily the best, but like he, I understood what he meant because he deals with people who know their pain and are able to grieve in him with him. Right. And I wasn't anywhere close to there. I mean, I'm still barely, you know what I mean? I'm still working on that. Right. So like, he's, you know, he works with people who come in and they're like, I know what happened to me. And, and, and so, so, you know, I, I didn't like the way that he went about it, but, but it, but it got me better than having a therapist be like, Oh yeah, I can help you. And they don't have a fucking clue what you're dealing with. So yeah. Or, or when you go in and it's like, how was your week last week? And it's like, I don't give a shit about my week last week. (laughs) Yes. We can find clues in that. Right. But like, that's not what it's about. And so I've been really struggling to find a good therapist and still don't feel I have yet. And I started, I just am like interviewing trauma therapists finally. But so anyway, so he was like, so I went home and got really drunk that night. Cause I was just like, I just got told by a therapist that I can't be helped, you know? And so, yeah. but then I woke uh-huh. up and I started looking into the adult child program and it's just changed my life. It's been the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I can't even, uh, it, it's hard for me to describe, you know, the changes that I've been able to go through and, um, and the journey that I've got on because of this. Um, and, um, it's sad to lose someone because of it, you know, but like someone that I don't know that I will meet someone, you know, I always still have that like thing in my head about, you know, that I'm meet someone that I have that type of connection with, but, but you know what, I would have screwed that up somehow too, you know, if I didn't find this program. Um, and, um, and so, yeah, so then, so then I, I started on my journey on with adult child, the adult child program. And I just have been working it diligently ever since like every day and just, just voraciously working on myself. Uh, well, it's like, it is not like, fuck that guy. It's like, thank God he, because 
it's all about like finding that word, like figuring out what the fuck is wrong with us. Like that's yeah. such a right. Yeah. I, and no one else, even, even now when I've been interviewing trauma therapists, some of them are, they don't even know the adult child program. I know, I and know. I just find it to be. It's difficult. disturbing. Yeah. Because I think that like, it's the more I learn about it, the more people really, it's, it's such a big issue in the, in their, in our culture and, and in the world really, you know? Um, yeah. And I so think yeah. too, like with the relationship, I mean, I get it, but at the same time, it's like that had to happen in order for you to be here. It was ab- absolutely right. And it's, it's hard, but it's, it's like I said, I would have screwed that up somehow and it's changing my life in so many, I mean, in every way, like I just you can't. changing you. Yeah. It's changing me. That's what I mean. It's changing yeah. me in ways that I never, honestly, for the first time, like I, I, I feel like I, I feel like hope. I feel hopeful. Right. I've never felt like I, this is going to take a long time. It's going to be a lifelong process, but like for the first time, I'm like, I think I'm going to some, you know, be at a place where I can be content with myself at some point and maybe actually like myself someday. Mm. Um, Yeah. That hope is huge. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about your childhood. Tell me about the dysfunction within your home. Yeah. Like going back to like the fact that I, I denied it up until that guy said something to me. I mean, I really never analyzed. I always knew there was, I always felt there was something wrong with me or different with me. And I just was unsettled my whole life. Right. Just very much. And so the truth is, so my dad um, drank when I was a child, right. Up until probably, I don't even know, maybe four or five. Right. And so the story that I was told was that I went up to my mom. He had missed another, like a baseball game or some other event that I was doing. And I said, why does dad always disappoint me? Mm. How old were you? I don't know. Because I asked my mom recently, how old was I when her dad, when dad stopped drinking? And she told me like teenager. And I was just like, you are so out of touch with reality. Like you're so <laughs> good for history. Right. Because like, I was literally like four or five years old. Okay. Right. So, um, so, so my, he came home and my mom said, you know, um, this is what your son said to you to, about you today. And he's never drank since then. Wow. Right. Which is, sounds great, except yeah. he's a dry as fuck, dry, hates himself. I, I want to take a step back. I don't blame anybody when I'm talking about this stuff. I'm really like, I, no, I know. Any, you know, know, but they might not, if they hear this, you know what I mean? So, um, so, so he's, he, so, so the dysfunction was a lot of like, my dad had a lot of anger issues, a lot of rage, right? He, the, the, the complex hard part of this is that my parents loved me almost like too much, right? Where it was like, they have no life. It's like, we were their saviors. Like we were their only game in town. They have no hobbies. They have nothing that they enjoy besides us, but they were totally codependent. They were dysfunctional in their relationship. They fought, they bickered. There was really no, like, I never really saw like, affection between them. Right. And this goes through almost all my childhood friends, relationships, parents, relationships, most of them, not all. And so there was that. And then there was, as I'm learning, there was this, I think this for me, I'm super curious. I I'm very, I'm just, I I ask a lot of questions. I'm very, I have a lot of energy. I'm like very, yeah. Right. I'm very, I was very intense and I still am. Right. And so my, I think it was very hard for my parents, but like, my dad just would just was just snap, you know, and like I was just get scared. I think that's what happened. I was just scared to like talk to him and he was emotionally unavailable for me. 
my best friend died when I was 13 and that really changed my life a lot. And I had no one in in all growing up. I had no one to talk to about. I realize now how much school damaged me, like not being able to get into the accelerated school programs that most of my friends were in one of my childhood friends who made me feel stupid about everything. Um, You know, my mom was not just able to be there for me because she's not on the same mental level as me, right? Where my, my dad is, but he's not emotionally there. So um, later in life, my, so that's my, so my childhood is a lot of confusion of not fitting in at church. Cause I was a metalhead. I had long hair and feeling like I hear you guys say all this stuff, but I can tell that you're looking at me and you're judging yeah, me. Yeah. You think you know, I'm crazy as shit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's so funny. I was talking to my friend yesterday about somebody that I got sober with about my I, I mean, I, I've always asked so many fucking questions yeah. and I've had it back like backlash from that. So it's like, I finally found something where it's like appropriate for me to do so. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah. just start a podcast, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sell real estate, so I can, I ask people all the time. I have to ask people questions, but. Oh yeah, that's what we do. So yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, and, and then also then my parents got divorced and then remarried. Oh so when I was a kid. Right. And so, yeah, so no, but also I think that that probably plays into why, you know, you, when your wife was saying that to you as well, you saw that modeled with your parents. Yeah. I had this like obsession that, cause they are now to this day, they're still friends. Actually, they're still married. They've been separated now for 20 some years, but they're still married. And so I, I, yes, I, I think I was this, and I, and I never, funny. I was talking to my aunt today and I was like, I never considered my family dysfunctional. I considered me dysfunctional, Mm. but I never, ever really analyzed my family. I had my friend's family that was way more screwed up than mine. So I use that as like, well, look at us, right? Like, you know, the, the lie of the family, right? Like we had the lie that, well, we're close because we can talk to our, you know, it was just, you know, a lot of a made up, but, but so there was this, always this, just this tension with my dad because he could just fly off the handle. Um, and this underlying rage that when I'm thinking about it and talking about it now, I'm starting to get, you know, triggered inside, you know, and stuff. So, um, when you look at the laundry list, yes, what has, what has been the most painful trait for you throughout your life, adult life? You know, I just started identifying with this a year ago, like when I opened up or really realized about this, you know? I think, well, obviously I'm an, I'm an addict, right? Like I am, I have been addicted to, since I was a child, I've used something to, to get my mind off things ever since. And then it became drugs and alcohol and it was, you know, all types of things. Right. So that is probably the worst. I mean, that, that really is altered, you know, really hampered my life in, in, in a ton of ways in, in, in every way. Right. Um, and then I think, um, the, um, low sense of self-esteem, which I lied to myself about, but I, I, realize how, how deep it is inside of me. Right. That I never really understood. Um, so I think those two and then, and people pleasing is tough too. You know what I mean? But, um, but I think the, the addict for sure is, has been tough, you know, what about like with a romantic relationship? So prior to your wife, did you have like a series of dysfunctional relationships or how did that play out throughout your life? No, because I never, a, let myself get close to, you know what I mean? I, I had, I had a, dis, I've, I've only had like three like real relationships because I, I don't let, I, I, I have a hard time letting, there's a couple things. It's not, I, sometimes I have a hard, I have a hard time letting people in, right? Like women in, but I also, 
am not um, interested with most of the women that I meet, right? So I, I don't like, I'm not just going to be with someone. I can't be with someone just because I want to be with someone or because I want to have sex. That's just not how I am. Yeah. And so like, I can't do that. And generally speaking, I find, I don't, I mean, this sounds bad, but like, I just don't mentally connect with a lot of people, women, you know what I mean? It's just, they don't interest me. So I feel the same way. And so then I feel like that's why when I meet somebody that I click with, it makes it like so much more heightened, you know? Yeah. And I'm also willing to like, when I say I'm reserved, I am, but when I open up and am, am feel comfortable, like I give a ton, right? Like I give a lot of myself, you know what I mean? Like, so, so yeah, so I guess you could, that is a dysfunction of not being able to necessarily and communication, right? Not being able to like stuffing my feelings. I think that is, you know, because I realized that like being scared of being open about how I feel because I was shamed as a child about how I felt about things from, from both of my parents. So I think being and understanding my feelings, I think is the biggest thing of not never really taking uh, understanding my feelings or where it's coming from has been hard for me in relationships. I think one of the biggest things in, is, 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 and I don't know how I'm going to work through this is like the idea when you have to ask for something, it doesn't have value to me anymore. Right. If I have to ask a woman that I, this is what I like rather than, you know, and, and I, her read your mind. <laughs> no, I guess, I guess, I guess what I mean is that I'm not that yes. Reading the mind. I understand that part, but like, if you've told someone that something that you like, and then you have to ask for it more and more, right. That's like different, right. To me than the reading a mind thing. Yes. That's, that's just insanity, right. Like to expect that someone's going to like read your mind and know, and there's a little bit of that, but, but more of like, you know, I'm open about what I like and remember that shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Cause I'm going to remember it with you, you know? So anyway, so yeah. So give me a good shit show story. <laughs> well, uh, like one night when my friend and I were in Los Angeles and there's like one of the craziest nights of our lives where we were just, we went out and went to the rainbow bar and grill. And like, as we pull up joy, Buttafuoco's out there, you remember joy, Buttafuoco? Yes. And then we got in and there was like some bands that I totally insulted. Uh, it was the night that one of my favorite guitarists got killed. And, and then we like got just hammered drunk and like met these people and went out and drive, drove around and like they stole beer from a, a store. And then we went to a party where Steve-O from Jackass was there. And like, they made me take, I had like a too nice of a shirt on. So they made me take it off. And then we crashed the car. And then I woke up the next morning to go to the airport, like two hours later and still just hammered drunk. I mean, it was two hours. Right. And then I get to the airport and I totally forgot the car was crashed. And they're like, what happened to the car? And all of a sudden my, I was just like, it was like that when I got it. And, <laughs> and when I go got over. what, how'd that go over? <laughs> it worked perfectly. Never heard about it again. Cause when I picked up the car, no one checked it. They just let me drive off the lot. And this was actually the first time I ever rented a rental car and my brain kicked in and I, I got out of that right away. They were just like, what happened? I was like, it was like that. And they're like, didn't you think to tell us? I'm like, I figured you had a catalog because you let me just drive off the lot. And I never heard about it again. So that, this must have been was, before Steve-O got sober. Oh, definitely. Because there was a drug room and yeah, we were all, I was all up and all that shit. So yeah, it was, uh, it was, a uh, it was a crazy, but looking back at it, you know, like driving around just wasted, you know what I mean? Like just picking people up. It was just, it was just a, yeah, it was just a, uh, 
like we laugh about the story, but when you really think about it, like the danger that I put my, you know what I mean? is just, just totally irresponsible, you know? Um, yeah. Tell me about it. Well, yeah. you've already talked about like what has aspects that have been difficult for you. What, what tools, recovery tools have been like most beneficial for you? Well, my sponsor, right. I feel like I just, I can't, my sponsor, Mark, if you ever hear this has saved my life. It's just been, I, I feel like it's just like, I got so lucky. I actually like when I found the ACA, like I was looking for online meetings and I found this one in California. I think I had sent that to you, that group. And they had like a three hour sponsor workshop, or like how sponsorship works and what to expect. And they had breakout rooms. And so I found him from there. And honestly, I don't know where I would be without him. I mean, he is just, he's been just, I'm going to cry talking about it. He's just like such a, been such a wonderful uh, help to me. So like my sponsor has been just basically, and then, and then I have a home group. So I have a physical home group that I found, which has been, which is awesome. And the people are great. And we have a workbook group that we do. So really the ACA program in general, right. Um, that's how I found your podcast. Cause I started to, I actually like swim and listen to podcasts. And so like, I was just like devouring, like trying to find as much information as about all this stuff. And, and then actually I got into the somatic body therapy because of your podcast, right? I listened to that one of your episodes. With Marina and I, Triner, probably. Probably, I don't know. I was on the plane to Brazil and I was listening to- You were going the, to get some cheese. Yeah, I was going to get a lot of cheese. Yeah. A lot of different cheese. And, um, and, um, and I heard her thing and I was like, I know that that's, there's, this is inside of me. I can feel it. I felt it forever, right? Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing somatic body work um, and that's been- helped me get through flashbacks and just, just really, really helped me, uh, regulate myself in ways that I just never thought was possible. Have you noticed any patterns in when you're getting triggered? Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I don't feel good enough, like with work, right. When I start like, okay, I got to do something for work. And I just am like, I'm not, I can, I can be able to accomplish this because I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. You know what I mean? That's a trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, I get triggered when I try to be open about my feelings to somebody, you know what I mean? That's, that can be, but there's another one. That's a big one, which is like trying to do handyman projects around my house, like anything, right? Like I, because it was such a big thing with my dad that mm -hmm. it he like dramatized it. And it just became this really, this really traumatizing experience with him mm -hmm. that like, I literally like last year when, when my, my sponsor, like I was like, trying to do some stuff with my gutter and I like lost my mind and I like bashed my hand and like cut my hand up against the gutter and everything. And like my, that's when my, my sponsor helped me work, do the inner child, write a letter to yourself. And we worked through that together and like it's, and then, so yeah, so that like doing stuff, um, you know, I usually just put it off or I get, or I do drugs and alcohol. Right. Or I have done that in the past, you know? So, um, so those are, those are triggers. Um, uh, and then just like I had, I was triggered this weekend, like just being around people I don't know. I, I, I never realized like I become a child and I'm like totally insecure about myself and, you know, like they're watching me and like, I'm going to be judged and criticized. And I think a lot of that comes just as much from my friend as it does from probably more, I think way more from my friend than because my dad wasn't really criticizing. It was just the emotional unavailability and the rage, you know, um, that would come up. So, uh, 
Yeah. So that's, so, so there's patterns definitely. And that's, what's like, now that I'm like realizing understanding them, I'm able to like ground myself with these mm-hmm. tools that the somatic therapist has given me to work through them, you know? Yeah. Awareness is everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So what has been, um, a book that's changed your life since you've been on this journey? Big red book. Oh, sorry. Big red book. Well, definitely that. I mean, I, I big red book, but there's a book that my client, a client, a friend of mine gave me called broken open. That's what it's called. I think I got it here. Cause you sent me those. Yeah. Broken open. That was, has been, was really, um, I've never heard of it. Yeah. It's about going through the Phoenix process and loss. And when you like go through like a divorce or a, a death in the death of a child, things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, man, it was, it's been really, it was just really revel, revelatory to, to me about me wow. not having followed my soul really. And like the sleeping giants in me and stuff. Um, and then codependent no more for sure, you know, um, was, was really like, I made me understand a lot of things about myself. Um, so I'm doing complex, um, PTSD, you know, from, the, uh, yeah, right now, but, um, but I'm not through it yet. So have yeah. you ever seen so many, have you ever looked at the table of contents of that? It's like every two paragraphs is a new chapter. It's like the, the table of contents is like half the book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's good though. Cause then you can like really see where you need to go. Yeah. Um, okay. So you've, I think you've shared a lot of ways in which you've grown. Um, what are three things that you like about yourself? I care about people deeply. Um, I really care about people deeply and I, and I genuinely organically care about people. Um, I love life and I love experiencing as much as possible and being out and going to do things and engage it with people and make people happy. And I talk to, I can talk to a wall. I talk to people wherever I'm at and try to make their day, brighten up their day, you know? So I, I love questions. that. Right? <laughs> ask yeah, questions. asking questions. Exactly. Right. Trying to learn about them, asking questions, you know what I mean? And so try to get a connection and stuff. Um, and I like that. I'm always, I'm, <clears throat> I'm trying to work on myself and I'm not like, just like a lot of people that I'm tired of being around that are not willing to think about their lives and what they need to do to try to be at a better place. And I've always been like, I need, I want to be better for myself and for the people I'm around, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to the, with me, with asking questions too. So I'm sure you're the same way. It can come across as like so intense, but it's coming from like a genuine place of like, I truly want to get to know someone. Yeah. But here's the deal. I've learned because my mom is like, there is no conversation. It's just questions. (laughs) So I've like learned how to rope that in and do it more like in a non, like, just like constant. Right. You know, and try to have an actual, like actually listen to what they say before asking the next question. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it it is totally intense for sure. Because, and, and, you know, some people are guarded, you know, and they don't want to be asked questions, you know, and I, and I, a lot of times I, I don't back down. I'm an open book. I know that's it too. Yeah. Yeah. That's it too. It's like, I'll fucking tell you anything. Yeah, for sure. The second I meet you. Yeah. Um, okay. So last question, what, I'm not talking to you, Kiki. Um, what, um, what is a hope, a dream, a desire that you have for your future? 
that I can have a uh, healthy, stable, long-term relationship with someone that I fall in love with and treat them the way that I know I can treat somebody. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's really what I would like to, that's, that's my hope. Yeah. You know, I posted, um, I posted this, I don't know. Are you on, on Instagram? I am. Yeah. I'm on Instagram. Why do you say that like that? Cause um, I don't know. I don't, I don't cause, cause I don't like social media and all that kind of stuff. I'm on it, but I like, I, you know, I, I look at it sparingly. So I posted this quote the other day. Um, I made a video. Um, this is from the intimacy factor by PM Melody. It's really good. And it says, finding a partner shouldn't be about hunting when you're leading your life in accordance with your authentic self and are confident and relaxed enough to wait for the right person to show up. Health attracts health. Your calmness is a form of serenity and faith and makes you attractive. The people attracted to you will be so for all the right reasons. And so I had a couple of people like make comments on it saying like, no one's coming in knocking on my door. Like, and I'm like, this is what I take away from finding a partner shouldn't be about hunting. That means that we should not be approaching dating. Like we're going to fucking starve to death if we don't find someone, you know, but it's, I think that you hear often, oh, you have to get to the point where you're going to be happy, like being single for the rest of your life. And that's when you find someone. And I don't, I think that's bullshit. I think that it's a totally healthy, normal desire to want to have a relationship. It's just that going through it and what I did for many, many, many years was the belief that that was what would complete me, you know, and that's the unhealthy part. But I think it's, I love that you said that because I think it's totally healthy and normal to want that. Yeah. 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 But I love what you do. I love that thing that you just read. I'm going to go look it up because I feel that's what I'm trying to do with dating. Like I was pushing because I'm, you know, I'm getting older and I'm like, you know, I don't, I do. One of the dreams I've always had is to have a very long-term long-term. And I think partly because I didn't see my parents have that, you know, have a long-term relationship with someone that I care about, you know, and share those experiences of life. But like, um, I realize, like, I don't, I, I, I don't want to push that. You know what I mean? I want that to, it's going to happen in the time it happens and hopefully, you know, and it, you know, and I also am not going to settle too. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to like just be doing? with somebody. I think that's what a lot of people do. <laughs> now she's walking on the computer. Go away. Um, well, this has been lovely. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that our paths have crossed and yeah, I really appreciate you. you being honest and open and sharing about shit. Like a real man, like a real man. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that I found the podcast. It's been awesome and helped me. And um, I know it's from what it sounds like helped a lot of other people. So thank you for what you've been doing. It's, It's awesome. Well, that wraps up Shit Show Saturday. As always, sign up for the Patreon. That is where I host weekly support groups. And it's where you say thanks, Andrea, for all that you do. Patreon.com slash adult child. Follow me on TikTok and Instagram at adult child pod. And give me a damn five star rating on Apple and Spotify. And I will see y'all shit shows on Wednesday. Bye. Let it